What's up, everybody? Welcome back to One on One with me, Christian Harlock. Nice to have you all back here. Really enjoying the feedback from again. First episodes, really great. And I'm, I'm sticking with the theme. I'm sticking with the theme for the first three. And you guys know I can't shut up. I haven't shut up about it for two years. All you frontrunners getting on the, on the bandwagon now. I'm kidding. We're talking about Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, I've just blasted through it in two and a half days. Two and a half days, I went back in and I watched it all again. And my wife uh, last night, she's like, you're watching it again? I was like, yeah, I'm doing research. She's like, no, you're not. I was like, no, I'm not. But but it's still, it's still uh, I can say that it's research. And why can I say that? Ladies and gentlemen, I've had the, uh, the pleasure of talking to these guys a few times now. And uh, if you go back and you watch some of the old interviews I, I did with them, it tells the whole origin story and the backstory of how they came up with this brilliant idea and all of that. But I want to talk to them about a whole bunch of other things. And they are the writers, the creators, the directors of Cobra Kai. It's John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, and Josh Heal. They're all here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring them on. Look at that. Here we go. They're all here. And guys, how you doing? It's happening. I'm doing great. Look, I, I'm I, like I said, I've been going through it again. And it's it's something it, this show just captures so much magic in a lot of different ways, because and I've told you guys and I think when you guys were on for the last time when I was doing Clara Live, when I watched season two, I watched it. Uh, I watched it with very different eyes this time uh, around. And I I just found myself really enjoying it way. And I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. But I enjoyed it even more the second time and having this nostalgia let's talk about Netflix. Cause that's the first thing. Cause I know when we talked the first time, John, you know, we, you guys had mentioned that Netflix was something that you guys always wanted to do. And uh, you know, YouTube, it is what it is. I don't know how, how it came to be where they had that conversation with you of we're going to, we're going to shop it. How, can you take me through that? Like I yeah. it a million times, but I mean like how, how did it actually like happen? Okay. So here's the thing, like, you know, way back when, when we, you know, uh, we're conceiving of the show. It was always intended to be a Netflix show, as you know. And, you know, we went around town. Netflix wanted it way back when. But YouTube, you know, they they blew us away in the room. They said, hey, you know, you haven't written any words yet. And we want to guarantee a full season of the show. But go ahead. Let's go make it. And that was impossible to pass up. It, that coupled with them saying at the time, you know, that they were ready to play with the big boys. They were going to be you know, trying to take on the Netflixes of the world. And there was something exciting about uh, going in there, having the opportunity to make your show and be, you know, the first one through the doors there. Um, as we were making the show, we had a great experience working with that team over there. I think they had a phenomenal creative team. Um, but at the end of the day, there wasn't true buy-in, you know, from the the overlords at Google when it came down to it. You know, I think they, they, read the tea leaves of sort of the streaming war wars and they were not all in, in the way that we had initially been sort of told that they would be. So you started to feel it like season two, you started to see like, okay, now they're talking about this SVOD, you know, the, the AVOD and SVOD stuff. And yeah. there, there's, there started to be these like cracks in it. And then as you know, before season three, there was a little bit of talk about like, you know, where's this headed? But, you know, YouTube was insisting, hey, like, we want to make season three here. We want to do that. But as we're making season three, we started to see, like, our executives kept leaving. Yeah. And you started to feel like, you know, okay, either we're going to be, like, the only show that YouTube is having or it's going to, you know, it's going to meet a, a, a situation 
uh, later on where they're going to say, hey, we're going to stop this experiment. And then we would be left in the situation that we were. So what really happened was, you know, during the shooting of season three, our thought was, you know, we got to make this season undeniable. We got to make this season excellent, you know, so that either YouTube's going to want to move forward or we're going to be in a position if we need to move the show to have something truly special to show everybody. And so when they had the conversation, we, we finished shooting the season, we come back in December, we're editing the show, we're feeling great. And we get that call uh, of, you know what? We love the show. I've never, Suzanne Daniel saying to us, I've never had to make a call like this. Like your show's a hit. We love making it here, but we're stopping making shows like this. Right. Um, you know, and she at first said, hey, like, you know, we're going to go out with a bang. It's going to be great. And we, because because we were prepared, because we thought like, this could happen. Our, our reaction was, we appreciate all your support, but please let us find another home for the show so that we can continue making this going forward. And, and, they, were, and they were cool with that. And they would say, yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. So yeah. So Hayden and I guess Josh also, when you guys were knowing that this was, you know, preparing for the third season, I guess we start there is that when you're writing this thing and as, um, as John said, you know, you guys are, are putting it together knowing, because it seems like even when you have a hit show, your, your backs are against the ropes and it's like, all right, but, but knowing that, knowing that you guys are going to have this, this season that you're going to put it all into and the love is already there. I've, I've said it and you guys have said, it, this is, this is your star Wars. This has been, you can see it in, in every season that you do. Um, so with that, knowing what the third season is going to be, um, are you pretty confident that you know that you're going to that you're going to get it picked up or is it still back to the drawing board type thing? <laughs> I you know we're very <laughs> hopeful and you know the response has been great with seasons 1 and 2 at Netflix and so we're knocking on wood that you know everything happens the way it should because we have a lot in store. You know we we have a lot of ideas. I can say that you know we ended season 3 with a bang. We feel like um you know it, I was thinking like at the end of season one, Chris says uh, the real story has only just begun. And it, it, for us, it almost feels like the end of season three feels like that moment right before intermission wow. um, where, where, you know, people are going to be talking about stuff and, and we have so many ideas for the future. So it's like, we're, we're just fans that want to keep the, the dream going. And we obviously don't want to, you know, um, milk it dry and leave it in a bad place. We, we have, uh, we've always had a, a, a thought of where this is headed and where it's ending. And we have a lot of uh, ideas that we weren't able to get to in season three. And so uh, it's just uh, our hope that Netflix, um, you know, continues the, the dream. And thus far, everything has been good. You know, it's just, you know, one of these tech companies that is collecting all the data right now. So we urge fans to keep rewatching the show because uh, the, the more views, the, the better it is for us. The thing, the thing we didn't want to do that, you know, we've seen some show, some shows do and it's mistake uh, is rush multiple seasons worth of storylines into one season in an attempt yep. to throw it all on the playing field. And usually that ends up being a mishmash of like stuff is happening too soon. You're not invested in it. I can say, we didn't compromise one iota with what we intended to write in season three and what is in season three. And we didn't cram stuff that we had intended for seasons four or five into three in an attempt to, to make it this like sales tool. Like yeah. we never, we never did that. So like we, what we did do is make sure that our ideas for season three were as big in scope um, and as, as powerful as we could possibly make them on the screen so we could say this is 
we have shot the best version of the season three we always wanted to make. Um, but but we didn't. Um, it didn't cause us to to suddenly rush creative in, a, in an attempt to oh if we can only get to that moment sooner it, it will it will help. Like we we've never tried to write this show or make the show from a position of defense, even though you know Miyagi Do is defense only. Like we mm-hmm. you know we very offensively make this show as if we're going to be able to make it as long as we can, and you know our desire is to is to be given that opportunity to to keep going and uh, and eventually down the line end it on our terms. Well, it certainly seems that way because even rewatching it and going through and looking at the moments that are that are happening, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, meddling from from anyone except you guys, which is who you want to be meddling in in the first place. And it doesn't seem like that. And I know that anytime you have a no matter who, whether it's YouTube or Netflix, there's always executives that are giving input. And a lot of times and that's I think that sometimes fans always say, uh, oh, man, if the executives get in there, it's going to be a problem, as as we all know there are executives that are, that are very creative and that can be helpful. And there's others that, yeah. that have that kind of uh, that creative bone, but either way, it does seem like from hearing everything, like the, the, the exactly what Josh just said, you're, you're the moments are there and they're, they're kind of piecing on. It doesn't seem much because, and I don't need you guys to comment on this per se, but like so game of Thrones was the last season. I didn't mind it as everyone else, but I did think it was exactly what you were talking about. It just seemed like everything was pushed in. That could have been two or three seasons. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, now, when it comes to the Netflix, excuse me, the the date of the release of season three, w- was there ever a plan to release it in 2020? Uh, you know, initially, you know, when it was going to be with YouTube, it was going to be released in 2020. Um, and there is a scenario where we all could have like us and Sony could have been like, all right, well, let's accept it. But that would have likely led to the end of the show. Um, mm-hmm. So the intention was, Hopefully we could move it quickly and it'll come out still in 2020, but deals can get made quickly. And then a pandemic happened. So it was one of those things where we were in the process of starting to talk with all the different streamers. And then, you know, the whole world shuts down for a period of time and everybody has bigger fish to fry than picking up Cobra Kai. It's your, your Netflix and you've got like, you know, a ton of productions going on all over the world and you need to figure out how to deal with that business first. And same with a number of these other platforms. So there was a period of like, you know, probably six weeks or so where, you know, before then you felt like you were on a trajectory and we we're being told things like, okay, the show will definitely be coming out by the end of the summer. Hence, you know, us telling fans that. Um, and then a pandemic happens and you're suddenly in a scenario where, okay, like let's, they, they, this, it's a complicated deal. It's not an easy thing to move a show like this. So it took a while. Um, and then when the dust settled, it became a scenario where, you know, no one's been making any, anything for months. Um, so it was really just the best scenario for the show to have its moment for seasons one and two to come out there, let it, let it shine, let it, let the, let new fans find it so that everyone together has the time to watch it. And then season three will come out. That's what it seems like it was also because I just watched the uh, that Waco miniseries that came out a little while on Netflix and that came out like two years ago I think I forgot on 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 Paramount I think it was so I was actually thinking the same thing when when I saw Cobra Kai was coming out on, on Netflix I was like oh my god so many people are going to find this now and then I'm looking and 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 I know all you guys are pretty active on social media and Whoopi Goldberg's talking about it and Mick Foley's talking about it and I'm like I'm geeking out because at one point it was like eh, yeah I could have told you that whoop. <laughs> I, just re- I just retweeted like pioneer woman on um, food network who you know just captivates the middle of the country and it's a totally different audience than say bill burr 
who also has been tweeting about it. So yeah. it, it really does, you know, and, and we were hopeful about that from the very beginning, you know, because we knew that we were going to take the story seriously. And we felt if we did that, number one, it'll be funny because to take this rivalry this seriously yeah. is funny. But it also brings back all that magic and, and nostalgia, which which just inevitably touched a huge generation. I mean, it wasn't just uh, one demographic. You know, there, there are a lot of women that watched uh, Karate Kid over the years. So sure. it's not a, a guy's movie. And so it's it's been great. Well, that's what it was, you know, especially with my with my wife. It's like when we and I told you guys last time that when we started watching and it's the same thing you guys heard a million times over with the way doing a karate kid series. And then I'm going through that again with my friends now when I'm like watching on <laughs> on Netflix. And my buddy's like, ah, it's karate kid series. I go, shut up, idiot. Watch it. Right. And he, and now he's watching and he loves it. But my wife was the same thing where she I'll tell you, she's pissed that season three is not coming out. this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bitter it's a it's a bittersweet thing, you know, yeah. because we found out just like a breath before the fandom the og fandom found out that you know season three is not coming out you know at the same time as one and two but once we kind of sat with that for a moment um we think it's going to be just a great thing for the show you know it's never great that you have to wait you know a, a really long time between seasons but what's going to be great is that it will be fresh for everybody there won't be you know there won't be people starting on season three while other people are starting on season one i mean there will but it won't be the 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 bulk you know there'll, there'll be everybody hitting play at the same time for what we think is you know the biggest season we've we've done by by a mile i agree i think it looks like the best uh case scenario in, in, a, in a worst case scenario with this pandemic you know it's like it's it is absolutely where now all this brand new audience from netflix is finding it and to them the, the the season three is not going to be too far away from when they discovered one and two. But, you know, not right. like me, I'm sitting around waiting for season three since I, since I talked to you guys last. Um, but all right. So when it comes to season three and the release date, I don't know. Have you I know that 2021. Is there any um, like area? And if you guys know, then, you know, but it, but it, but is there any like area when when it's targeted? Is there anything that anyone knows as far as when it's coming out when we should look for? No. We, don't we know, know 2021 um, and we imagine, you know, we will hear something at some point, but we can we can honestly say here that uh, we know what what everybody knows that uh, it will be next year. I think that there's a lot of factors at play, some involving, you know, how Cobra Kai did when it was on Netflix, plus, you know, other things that are happening with the with production. And my guess is, you know, we will find out uh, soon because uh, 2021, before we know it, is going to be here. So uh, we obviously it's uh, on our end. We, you know, push for uh, ASAP, you know, for the, oh, for the OG. Yeah. Fan. And, yeah. And Netflix has taken some heat in the past for kind of not letting certain shows have their moment and introducing, you know, multiple things on top of multiple things. So I think there's more of a of a. Uh, preparation mindset where you know where they are a kind of allowing things to to have their moment on the platform now as opposed yeah. to shove everything out on the same friday so i think a lot of that is probably happening in terms of okay now knowing the success of, of cobra kai on the platform how does that lay out with uh with some of their other tent poles next year makes sense and they probably like you guys said they have they have seasons one and two now and they already have three they haven't they haven't paid a, a dime as far as production goes right uh so when so for them they sit back they watch how it does and then then we probably have spaceships in season four with netflix money uh, <laughs> well we'll see but you know our hope is that we know a little bit about uh what's happening with season four you know soon before you know our hope is to know about it before season three comes out i'll tell you that 
Uh, but we'll see. We'll, well see what I'm, happens. You know what? I'm going to cross my fingers and pretend that I'm the good luck charm because I remember when you guys came in for season one. It was that day you found out that season two was coming out. So I'm. I'm yeah, I feel like we were like on the way in yeah. when we found out. So, <laughs> I'm, so, so t- let me know if, as soon as this interview is over, if you guys got picked up. <laughs> um, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, let's talk about season three because what you can tell me, I know that from the little mini tease that we have, it uh, it looks like he he's uh, Daniel at least is going to Okinawa. You know, uh, Ralph Macchio was out and talked to. I guess he said that he, for a little bit of the uh season we he'll be in okinawa looking at the origins of miyagi Do. it sounds like chosen at the end you don't have to confirm or deny that but it certainly sounds like him at, at the at the very end um but uh but yeah so how's uh what can you tell us about the plot of season three if anything very little <laughs> uh, <laughs> who wants to try to answer yeah, without yes. saying anything? i mean all yeah. i'll say is obviously season two ended with a big gut punch and um you know we it it it's like we the whole world crumbled yeah and which is fun you know because you don't know where it's gonna go um and that's why we don't want to talk about it too much um but all I'll say is, you know, it, it's the same cooks in the same kitchen trying to, you know, br- bring out something else that that you're going to love as much as the first two seasons. So, you know, if you look at the first two seasons, you're going to get a lot of those same things. But like as me, as Miyagi says, different but same. Um, yeah. so, you know, we try to, you know, each season do something that's unique. And, and I do feel that it is um, in some ways a, you know, like it it can you know it's a, it's it is a part like a part three in a way um to the first two seasons but it also you know kind of opens the door i think for a news you know a new story after that um but it's still it, it's it's basically um what everybody liked about the first two seasons and did that was that anything? Hayden did go to Okinawa, though, so that we can, we yes. can say well, that. I, I think that's that's the thing that we could okay. talk about. Like, that, like, you know, it was one of those things that, like, you know, we knew this in season three that we loved the idea of bringing Daniel to Okinawa. And, you know, when we talked about sort of pulling out all the stops, you know, one of the things that we really pushed for was to actually be able to shoot in Okinawa. You know, Karate Kid 2 shot in Hawaii. So... Ralph Macchio had never actually been to Okinawa before. So it was really fun. Like, you know, as a group, you know, we're a show without the best budget in the world. And we were, you know, constantly working with our line producer to find a way to make a, an, an actual real Okinawa trip possible. And that's one of the things that we think is really special about the season. That's great. And, and Hayden, you, you directed those episodes? Uh, just the, I mean, not those episodes, you know, the, the way our show works is, you know, there's, and the way TV works today, um, there's always like little bits in in different episodes that, you know, we as showrunners will have to pick up along the way because the directors of those episodes either, you know, aren't going to be there during that stretch or whatever. And so, um, there, there's some of the footage in Okinawa, I was there, uh, to direct and it's, 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 it was, it's fun, you know, people, there recognize Ralph. That movie, Karate Kid Two, was a big deal in uh, in Okinawa, and it's fun getting to. One of the fun things about this show is it it l- makes it where you could rewatch the movies in a different light. Yeah, and um, you know we don't. I'll, it's not a spoiler to say like we we our goal is not to tarnish 
those movies, you know, so where it's not going to be like, oh, my God, we find out that Miyagi was a serial killer. OK, right, right. it's it's not going to be that. Um, but it will, you know, by by going to the past, you know, um, you know, being being able to play with, uh, you know, th those those moments of nostalgia and actually going there and visiting, you know, the, the birthplace of Miyagi-Do. Uh, it allows you to learn more about, you know, the the world, and and then you get to go back and look at the originals in a different light. Well, I mean, well, Miyagi is a big a big character on our show. I mean, season one, you know, it's it's his absence, and you know, those tender scenes where we're seeing the flashback to original footage. You know, Daniel at the grave. Like, there's, you know, and, and we do we continue that thread into season two. You know, and, and we we you know recreated a, a Miyagi moment in season two and, 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 you know, an Okinawa moment, you know, gives you more of the, those kind of opportunities for, you know, how do we, how do we bring the history and, and the Miyagi into this show um, in new ways that aren't just repackaging Karate Kid um, scenes? Yeah, it's funny because I was I was it's how you were just saying, Hayden, that uh, you we watch these movies differently afterwards. I started watching Karate Kid 2 afterwards and I'm going through that scene. I've, I forgot how heartbreaking that scene is after Miyagi loses his dad and, and, and Daniel walks up to him and he and he puts his hand on his shoulder. And, he, and you have that conversation with him about his dad and that moment and then tying back in to the whole Coney Island conversation that he has with his mom in, in your show. It's like all that's that's why. And whether you're on the show or not, I think that you guys have written this show brilliantly from the way that it's just like little things are setting up because you don't have to have watched the movies um to pick up on this stuff but if you do that's a special treat and that's something that star wars fans is that i that i was wanted for star wars coming up sorry john Go ahead. no i was just gonna say that's what we love about our writer's room like it's you know there's the three of us but we have this amazing room of uh writers who are just as passionate as we are and who know the movies inside and out and we're all as a group looking for those opportunities to, you know, take those little moments, moments that you've forgotten about from the movies and help them inform our present day story or uh, have things that are going on in the present day story that will allow you to look back at those movies in a slightly different way. And it's uh, it's, you know, the three of us absolutely love it. But. Um, some of our favorite times making the show are working with that group of writers because all of them to a la to a last person, it's they're all like looking for that those opportunities and cherish this franchise the way that we do. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll say as a fan where you guys can just kind of you know have the poker face the whole time. I just imagine all the cool stuff that could happen just in Okinawa alone because if that was chosen, okay, well, great. What's going on with him? Do we do do we go back and visit it all? What happened to Sato? Do we hear any of that? Maybe we do, maybe we don't. But the idea that it possibly could happen is cool. As a karate fan, there's all these different ideas. I do want to talk karate kid lore with you and geek out with you guys for a second because <laughs> I'm confused. What the hell happened to Daniel from two to three? Because in two, I feel like <laughs> this guy could fight the entire, could fight, you know, uh, Stallone and Van Damme at the same time at the end. He's doing that move at the end. That music's incredible. And three, he's getting, you know, the, the crank is getting caught. He's scared of everything. What happened to him from, from two to three? It's not, not what happened to him. It's it's Karate's bad boy came to town. And and that it's just a, it's a different level. Uh, you had Terry Silver getting in between Daniel and Miyagi. So yeah. that threw, him, threw a wrench into things. Look, I, I think, um, you know, we we know, you know, we're, we're, we're critical film goers. And we, we, we can see 
you know, why some people may like the original Karate Kid more than Karate Kid Part 3. <laughs> um, but a part of what's fun of what we do is we treat this like, look, this is canon. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't matter how how far-fetched the biblical story, we are creationists <laughs> that, that are saying that this happened. And so we'll make we'll make sense out of it if it is a, like uh, a little far-fetched or crazy. And, uh, and cause once you do that, then it opens a world of possibilities. So. I mean, it, it's, it's great. I mean, everything, you know, that could have gone wrong to conspire against Karate Kid three, like being a more robust film, like went wrong. Like there was a, I think there was an actor strike that delayed production and they had to rewrite the script to accommodate certain schedules. It was, it was written in a like, let's just make another one of these things, you know, real quick sort of, you know, mentality. Yeah. Uh, Ralph got poison oak or, you know, poison sumac or something while he was, you know, climbing down that that side of a hill. So, you know, he was like his face was swollen for half the film and he couldn't even, you know, be comfortable in the role. Uh, you know, there, there was so much. But but for us, it's this is the Daniel LaRusso awkward years that, you know, that we get the call back on. And. I would say like through the three seasons, you know, we've made so far, you know, Karate Kid 3 is the gift that keeps on giving in, in terms of like story and like examples of what not to do or a bad thing happened to me one time um, because it's this endless bucket of like a lot of crap went wrong and a lot of decisions were made by characters in that movie that don't seem um, <laughs> you know, quite smart. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's and it's funny because that that scene when he tells uh, Miyagi-Do uh, that he joined Cobra Kai and I was like, wow, they're going there. That's awesome. You know, and like and and and, and the stuff where he, you know, he's talking to uh, the board and they mentioned Terry Silver. And I do like how it's part of canon. I like it very much that it's that it's, that it's part of canon. It was just for me, it was it was that what happened to Daniel in between those times where mm -hmm. he was. I watch that scene again. You get goosebumps when that music swells and Chosen's coming in. And he's just crashing yep. in his face with that drum move. And I'm like, this is like, that's that's well, the day I'm going to see again. You see that. You see that in Cobra Kai when he gets pissed. Well, you know, I'll tell you what does work about Karate Kid Part 3 um, is there's John Abelson yeah. directing. Yeah. It's Pat Morita and uh, Ralph Macchio and their chemistry and Bill Conti's music. And Robert Mark came in, even though it was a, a rushed thing, you know, things like um, as Crease is going to the airport to go to Tahiti and, and Silver says bye to him. Yeah. As he goes, Daniel and Miyagi come back from Okinawa. So they're treating it like canon. They, mm -hmm. it's, it is in that world a continuation of the story. And while there's far-fetched things going on in it, um, there are moments with the music and, you know, it's just something about like Bill Conti and a tournament and Miyagi that like and and also the fact that, you know, we were probably 12 or 13 years old when we watched it a bunch of times yeah. that it it did. Some of the magic is there. And then as a film critic, you could you know see all the, the, the flaws in it. But uh, we just try to take what works best about those movies yeah. and then use them. So I know that you guys, I mean, normally the, the answer always is, and I'm hoping I can hear the question where it isn't the same answer, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, and it, it's usually anybody can come back. It, it, that's, that's what we leave open to. And I, I respect that. But well, the, the question I have is 
when because of the Netflix relationship, and I know Netflix relationship, they have a relationship with everybody because it's they're so big r- right now. But they have this show away with with Hillary Swank. Um, has Hillary Swank watched the show? Do you have you had conversations? I'm not talking about joining the show. Have you had conversations about her, whether or not she's watched the show? Have you ever met with her? Not, a, not again, not about as far as joining the show, just anything uh, regarding Cobra Kai. Anybody could come back at any time, uh, Christian. Uh, the, the wor- <laughs> we were all waiting. We we're all waiting at, to see if anyone was going to say something here. At any moment, any legacy character okay. could walk in Fair and join this story. Okay. Uh, and, and and blah blah blah. Repackaged answer. Um, the one thing. I mean, the, I, the one thing I wanted to say is it's not. I don't, it's not our intention to just bring everybody back to bring it because then yeah. suddenly it becomes like the the bad um, reunion show. Like yeah. we. You know, if it makes sense in the story that we're telling, you know, th- for us, it's all just they're, they're tools in the arsenal and 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 paints that we could use to, to paint the picture. But it, it's the picture that matters most. And, and my guess is that it's not going to be everybody that from these three movies that comes back. Right. Uh, who knows? Um, I can and- I can say everybody that, you know, is meaningful to the franchise um, certainly knows about the show now. Um, and if they didn't before, they do now. And we talk about everybody from a story perspective who's ever appeared in a, you know, Karate Kid movie from Israel Warby, you know, who played Freddie Freddy Fernandez yeah. to, you know, to Avelton's son who played uh, Snake. Walton, um, to, Walton Goggins in uh, Next Karate Kid. Yeah, to Walton Goggins in The Next Karate Kid to oh, Ali Mills to Julie Pierce to, to Jessica uh, Andrews. Um, it's cool. they, they all they all are. We never stop talking about. It. I mean, the, yeah, the, the benefit of the three of us is we're texting at all hours of the night. Yes, we are. 365 days a year, um, with ideas, with moments, with hey, I just watched Karate Kid because it was on, and I saw a line of dialogue that, for whatever reason, I never honed in on before. Maybe exactly. this is something. So you know, we we are we. We're always thinking, and we're never going to give you an answer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, I mean the, the simplest thing, though, is, like, it is always, like, the fan in us wants everyone back at some point in time. But the, you know, the the filmmakers in us won't allow it to happen unless there's a real reason for it. Which makes sense. Um, and, and remember, I didn't ask if she was going to be in it. I just asked if she ever watched <laughs> Uh, you had a good. You, you came at it through. I, you were trying to. You should ask her when you when you do your one on one with Hillary Swank. I need to. I want to have a one on one with Hillary Swank. Something that, I've been a fan of hers for years. I would love to talk to her. But and I'll also That's another person true, yeah. I was a massive fan of is Paul uh, Paul Walter Hauser, and you know, that dude is just one of those guys, man. He just has it right. And yeah. when he showed up for everything, and I and we mentioned this when I talked to Sholo, and I mentioned it to him. Um, he has this thing where whether he's playing a a kind of despicable character like he did in, in Black Klansman, or he just has a likable thing about him that you know he just there's he just takes the screen from the second he he enters. So and he had said it as you read, he's like, look, I read this script and I go, oh my god, Karate Kid later on down the line, how's this going to be? He's like, well, this is awesome, I want to do it, you know. And so where I go with that is, are there other people that you know, like that, whether it's Mick, Fo- I know that we he put out that Mick Foley uh, playing um, uh, um, his dad would be Stingray's dad would be incredible. Do you do you guys get um, you know t- have you been talking to people like outside of like bigger stars now that are now finding this thing that hey maybe there's a role for this particular person. You know, what What I will say is that, you know, we're aware when people are fans of the show and that means a lot to us. You know, a, an example is Kim Fields. You know, we had Kim Fields on season two and that was really like 
she went on Twitter after season one or while watching season one and was like basically live tweeting for a bit. She loved the show. Um, she ended up following me on Twitter. I'm writing back and forth with her uh, in direct messages. And then it came about next season and we're like, hey, wouldn't it be awesome to bring her on the show? And we did. Um, so, you know, whenever there's somebody who is a fan of the show, we do have a list running of people who like it, whether it's a, you know, director, whether it's a writer, whether it's an actor, and we just, you know, keep them all in mind as people who love this universe that we're a part of. And, um, you know, we haven't, uh, you know, uh, I can't speak to sort of like where we're thinking going forward, but it's one of those things that occasionally it's like, hey, this person's a fan. Wouldn't it be great if there's a spot for them? And we mention it to the writers. And it's one of those things that like in a writer's room, you know, if we're working on a season four going forward at some point, I'm sure some of this will come up and it's like, hey, you know who'd be great for that part? This person right. who loved it. And that that kind of thing may happen. Copy that. So Howard Stern will be on season four. I, <laughs> I don't know. I know. <laughs> Howard, Howard didn't give us uh, the greatest uh, review recently. I oh, really? <laughs> what, what yeah, no. Review? It seemed no, like no, he was he, the outlier in his office. He was the one guy at the water cooler who was like, eh, I don't know. Really? No, he, he, uh, no, How, no Howard, no, it's so funny. Like, Obviously, you know, we're huge Howard Stern course, fans. And it's funny, like, uh, you know, recently he was talking about that. He He's like, I watched the show. He's like, I love the show. I can't wait for season three. Oh. But like, you know, then he would go into like, you know, the show not being great. Well, Robin, no, it was Ro Robin started with like, you know what show I saw this weekend? And I and it was clear that she was about to talk about how she saw the both seasons and was going into it. And I you could tell Howard got insecure over having recommended it. And he quickly is like, Oh, it's not even a good show. It's so bad. But she's like, But I couldn't stop watching it. He's like, Yeah, I know, I love it, but it's so bad. It's like one of those bad good things. And I think he talks about the writers need to turn in their like guild cards or something. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's so it's, funny. It's one of those things. Listen, we're we're guys who listened to Howard for our our whole lives. Uh, I remember Josh and I were in college when Private Parts came out. We went to see the movie opening night and then stayed in the theater and just watched it the second time yep, in a row. Yep. So like you know we're we're huge fans. We know his show. We know his thing. It, it, based it's, on, it's awesome. Based on what? Based on the conversation, it sounded like he didn't really watch the show. Like, and Robin saw the the entire thing, and it's just it's fun knowing that Robin like was obsessed. Um, we like any any Stern show controversy involving Cobra Kai. Of it's, course, it's the we're talking about it, hundred <laughs> percent. And like like you said, John, it's like, it's like I'm I'm big Stern guy, kind of growing up. It's like, hey, yeah, Howard's how even if he, not that he was, but Howard's just shitting all over you. That's awesome. That's what it comes down to anyway. Uh, so you know, just going away from the, the show for a little bit, what's what's it been like for you guys, you know, with uh, being in court? I know you're all family guys and and same. It's 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 kind of crazy over here. I'll tell you, it's like, I know yeah. how, how, how are you dealing with it? It's a combination like, you know, this was this was, you know, uh, a big year for us. You know, like we had, you know, the we had made the third. We were like, OK, our third season of Cobra Kai is going to come out. We were like on the verge of uh, heading to Syracuse, New York uh, as producers to to shoot a movie called Plan B, which was literally announced today. But this was a we were like about to go there and uh, quarantine pulled the plug on that. We were working on our uh, show Obliterated. Um, that we had sold straight to series and we were like right in the middle of the writer's room and that had the pl plug pulled out from it because of, uh, of uh, you know, the pandemic. So there was a lot from a work standpoint that was, you know, all, all halted. Now, a lot of that stuff is now just now starting to come back, but 
there was this, you know, window where like everyone else, we're at home. We're not like, we had like all these exciting things. Like Obliterated was going to shoot in Las Vegas. And we were like two or three weeks away from like going to Las Vegas and being there for six months. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, it, there was coming back, but what I can say, like for me specifically is, you know, being at home, I have, I have uh, two daughters, I have a, uh, you know, an amazing wife and to be able to be home for an extended period of time and, and get that quality family time is great. And for me, the other thing was just, you know, getting in better shape. Like, you know, I'm wor working all the time typically and like, you know, eating like crap on set and, and, uh, you know, getting exercise. It's true. You look at your, your when, when you popped on, I was like, dude, quarantine's working for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, I'm like the guy who like lost 50 pounds during yeah. quarantine instead of gained a bunch. Oh, so not me. I got, uh, no, I'm a, I look like, I look like <laughs> devil Dane cook right now. Uh, <laughs> not, not this guy. Um, yeah. Let's, how about you guys? So both Josh and uh, Hayden, same, same type of deal. It was it was it was a, a rough landing. I mean, like when we got back from production, I was actually supposed to go to Okinawa with Hayden, and I had like this like nagging um, like back pain. Like as soon as I was on the plane coming back from production um, to LA, I like arrived at my house, and of course, my wife, who had been watching our three children the whole time I'm gone, was like, "You're back," and I was like, "I gotta go to bed." <laughs> and within a within a matter of like days i was uh, undergoing emergency surgery to um oh, yeah. to like remove a piece of the inside of one of my vertebrae that exploded or it was a it was a thing it was a thing yeah. <laughs> and i ended up having to be like in bed for you know a couple of weeks and then and then slow recovery while we were in post-production um so we had to cancel a vacation i was like don't worry we'll, we'll reschedule it for um uh, you know for the end of whatever and then the end of whatever ended up being like Huh, there's this thing coming over that everyone's getting sick. And so we, we missed, my wife missed the opportunity to have me be helpful and missed a vacation that was supposed to be like a mental health, you know, getaway. And then the pandemic landed everybody in the household at once with, you know, two of the three kids being homeschooled with the school system, not really knowing exactly what to do in that moment. So it was, it was bedlam. And then the three of us, John Hayden and I, it's the first time we haven't been, you know, physically working together in years at this point because we're used to seeing each other every day. And and part of our our process and what makes this work is that we never stop talking. So our Zooms now are suddenly like, you know, a crying baby coming through or I got to go and I don't know if I'm coming back later because things are not going well here. So it definitely crippled productivity for a bit until the new normal kind of settled in. I'm with you on that. It's like the 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 positive. The positive is that the, your family has uh, easy access to you. The negative is that your family has easy access to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, locks, locks, and soundproof rooms. Right. But Hayden, did you did you did you shoot some of the um, Okinawa stuff during the the the, the pa pandemic? You know what? I was there in December. Okay. Um, and so it was happening without, but nobody knew about it. It was just starting. And I remember there were people with masks, you know, in Okinawa. Yeah. But I, I've seen in LA, like Japanese people wearing those kind of masks before. And, and it is, um, I think, you know, because, you know, countries that are on an island and uh, peninsula right near China, I think are, are used to uh, these types of things, especially with SARS over the years. And so... Yeah. Um, I, I remember commenting on it to the to um, one of the people in the crew. And I, I just remember she said, oh, it's the, the younger people 
put the masks on, you know, almost like, you know, like they had been through this in the past and, you know, it's just like, Oh, whatever. It's like these hippies, these young hippies with the masks. <laughs> um, and, and I came back and then, and then the whole world became Okinawa. Um, so it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's, you have to find a way to kind of navigate the creative process and everything too. But like you said, also John, you know, with, it, it is good to be around the family and stuff, but it's just a matter of trying to, how to make it work. But you know, when it comes to the writing side of it, because you guys like you, there is a vision, like you said uh, earlier, Hayden, do you guys want, you know where you want the story to go. You're not going to rush it with Cobra Kai, but because you have so much time now, is it a lot of time on Cobra Kai or is it mixed between the other projects? Like you said, you sold another show, you have another, you have a movie. Is it just everything kind of mixed in, in between? I would say we, we talk about Cobra Kai the most because we're in the middle of it. Um, so it's, it's easy to, to talk and plan and, you know, and we always think optimistically that, you know, we are going to make, you know, a, a four five, six, and, and then some. And so we, we certainly spend our time on that. You know, the, we, we got clobbered as everybody else did with everything that we were, you know, going to take out in the spring with, you know, other writers um, that, that we're producing. Um, so some of it has been kind of, okay, how do you pitch a certain type of project in the era of COVID? Um, and then, you know, there was that time when no one was hearing anything. Everyone had to kind of shut down and figure out like, you know, their business. Um, and, you know, we, and we were sent home so there was, you know, we've gone through every spectrum of emotion and, and, and I think now we've landed at a place where, you know, because Cobra Kai, you know, has, you know, finally landed and, you know, it's had, it's having its moment. Um, we're definitely in the, the Cobra Kai headspace right now in terms of um, our work productivity. And what's Netflix saying right now? I mean, is there, I mean, with opportunity for for more stuff or like you said before to do, let's figure out what's going on with this thing. But I mean, the buzz has been pretty big and it seems like it's it's pretty successful on netflix like so how what's what's it been like over there you know it's uh, it, it's been awesome i mean the 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 team at at netflix uh you feel the passion you felt it at youtube but they just have a much bigger team yeah. at netflix um and uh you know i think everyone there is rooting for it i think that they bought the show with the hope of of continuing to make the show. It wasn't one of these things where they said to us, oh, let's buy this and see what happens. I think they would like to make more seasons of the show, but they're very data-driven. So, you know, we had our, you know, uh, the initial kind of reactions from them, which were all like, this is awesome. Congratulations. This is, we're very excited by how it's going, but let's wait and see because we wait, we, we, the way it works over here is we wait a certain amount of time and we see how the show is continuing to perform. And, you know, so for us, we're like, we're waking up every day and we're checking kind of like, okay, how is it doing all around the world? And we've been happy to see that, you know, we've been out for, I don't know, uh, almost like, you know, probably almost three weeks at this point. And we're, you know, continuing to be near the top of the charts for them. So we're, we're hoping that they're reading, seeing the same stuff and, you know, Gearing up. I think, I think the top on Netflix now have Karate Kids in them, so uh, yeah. we're, all, we're all getting used to each other's way of doing business. I think yeah. you know we cut our teeth on features, so we're used to like a, a, a splashy weekend usually leads to like, hey, you're the the new toasts of Hollywood, right? Um, whereas you know it, it's kind of a little bit like Netflix in and of itself is kind of like George Costanza when he pitched you know a show on, on Seinfeld. It's like you know when Warren Littlefield asks him, you know. Why, why are people going to watch this? It's like, because it's on TV. Um, and it's, it's kind of like 
people are going to watch your thing on Netflix because it's there. But Netflix's attitude is, are they going to continue to watch it? Are new people continuing to find it? Are they going to complete it? Are they going to tell their friends about it? And and I think they, you know, so that's where like the the new style, the money ball aspect of uh, of entertainment comes in. And, and you look at 30 days and 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 longer periods of time than than just that yeah. first week. I'll just say like an example, they have so their art their artwork is so cool for Cobra Kai. They have all different types of looks for yeah. it. And when they showed it to us, like there's certain looks that you would think, okay, well that that you would target for like a young female audience, like you know, it looks like uh, almost like the Twilight movies for karate or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they're not. Their thing isn't like they don't even go to that place. They're just like the 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 algorithms and the computers will decide because maybe there's young girls out there who don't like those types of movies and want something that's more like a Fast and the Furious. And and it's they they kind of sit back. And uh, and let the, the the data kind of figure it it's out. It's its own ecosystem, which is which is which is very interesting. You know, post launch to kind of see it figure itself out and and be in this position a few weeks out where you see, oh, okay, there's it's not still where it is in, on the charts because people who started watching it three weeks ago, like those people, finished it. It's where it is because those people kept watching it. The the system fed it to more people. Those people liked it. And, you know, and, and that's what's gratifying about it is to kind of see it continue to have that staying power. And that's, you know, that's very likely the the thing that will lead to the um, the continuation. Yeah, it's got a good hook to it, too, when you when you turn it on and, and it starts with anytime. It doesn't matter what it is. You see someone get kicked in the face and you're like, oh, wait, someone get kicked in the face. Oh, wait, that's the that's the guy I liked watching. Oh, yeah. nineteen eighty. Oh, yeah. That's the guy that got kicked in the face. Daniel Russo. And you're watching. Wait, it's a show. <laughs> And then you're sitting there and you, watch it and you get hooked. exactly. Yeah. You're like, what time is it? Yeah, it's yeah. been five hours. Yeah. I'll tell you. Here's here's what I'd like to see, and this is what I, this is what I hope is that with Netflix, because of the relationship and because this thing is kicking ass, what I hope to see is because there's so many Netflix movies and original movies that another Harold and Kumar can ah. happen through Netflix because I think it's we, perfect for Netflix. We. Uh, yeah. We talk about it and and we have ideas and you know right now we're in the world of Cobra Kai but like it there there's something that's fun about that and particularly now you know particularly in a PC world yeah. Yeah. Um, to to be able to revisit uh, that genre of movie that you actually don't really see that much anymore of because it's you know yeah. it, the time, times have changed a little bit and and. For good reason, and I think that we can, you know, find a way to make that work. So it's it's on our it's on our minds. You guys have spoken, like had had thrown it around in the room. Together. We haven't we haven't spoken to Netflix or any buyers about it or anything like that. But I mean, we talk to John Cho and Cal Penn about it frequently. Yeah. It's one of those things that, like, at least every month, there's some conversation about it because we're in touch with those guys, and we all really want to do it. Like, it, it, it's not something that we all view as something from our past, something that is very much in our present discussion, and it just needs to, we need to find the right time, and, you know, we have ideas for the hook, and, you know, we'll see. My prediction is that that will happen within within two years on Netflix. That's that's my prediction. Uh, and right. I will tell you that that movie, and I, I don't remember if we talked about it last time, if we did, I apologize, but I will say that with... Avatar, Dread, and Harold and Kumar Christmas are the th- three best usages of 3D ever. <laughs> yes, thank I, you. It was yeah. That that I was just gonna say that was really fun. It was one of those things where initially when we were writing, we didn't have a 3D hook to it, and it was like all the rage at the time. 
And it was us and, and uh, Todd Strauss-Scholson ended up uh, directing that third movie. And he's yeah. a, an amazing uh, visual filmmaker. And I remember just collaborating with him. We're like, okay, what are the ways that we can utilize 3D that no one else is doing? Right. And that only a Harold and Kumar movie could do. Ooh. And there's certain there's a moment with, with Danny Trejo in A Christmas Tree that I don't want to get specific about. But that that's the kind of thing that you don't see anywhere else. I'll tell you that. Hayden, you were going to say? Uh, you know, I, John, John was being... Uh, uh, gentlemanly and not not going to the sophomoric gross place of where we take that <laughs> Trejo joke but that that's the first 3d thing that comes into my mind of like right. having let's just say a bodily fluid you know going into the audience um is uh was was one of the first things <laughs> it, was a, it was hysterical it was so it was so smart it was funny as hell um but uh shit i had something else that i was gonna bring up and i lost it um but all right before we before i let you guys go because i know only have a couple minutes left with you um one of the things I have to bring up is that incredible, incredible uh, episode that you guys had when Johnny had gotten back together with with the boys, minus Dutch, obviously. Um, but, you know, at the time when last time we spoke, we really couldn't talk about it. And I was DMing back and forth with John when I was watching this episode. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> you know, this whole this whole moment. And it, it is obviously the moment at the end with uh, with with Tommy. And everything that that kind of went down there, and with Robert Garrison um, passing away in um, in September, uh, you know how how much more powerful are those experiences now in that moment of making those uh, of making that episode uh, with him? That was um, that was crazy. I mean, first of all, it was the one of the most special weeks of making this show. You know, in terms of like when you talk about Karate Kid Fantasy Camp, like. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're riding with the, the original Cobra Kai's, you know, on on motorcycles and, you know, flying drones in the air as as these guys, you know, go on one last ride with Tommy. Uh, I remember so many aspects of that coming together from the darkness of the three of us talking about that ending, you know, and, and yeah. pitching that to we, we, we saved it to the end of our season two pitch when we were telling YouTube what we were going to do. Uh, we kind of skipped over it and savored it. And we're like, we're going to do this thing. It's It's got a meta joke quality to it, but it's also going to be, you know, this this kind of this tragic but heartfelt moment for Johnny in the, in the series that feels like a pivot point. Um, but it got progressively more dramatic, you know, in terms of what we filmed as the week went on. I think we started with uh, the hospital that, that, you know, felt uh, it was a lot of comedy happening there in terms of let's get out of here. And, you know, but the drama of, encountering his friend and the the bar fight was a usual dukes of hazard you know yeah. day in terms of how are we going to shoot you know 12 days versus you know worth of feature film fighting in 45 minutes um but the, the woods was as emotional as it's gotten on our set in terms of you know watching these these two guys with a real shared history who have known each other their whole lives basically um, sit by a fire and talk about the, you know, the fleeting aspect of time and what you do with it and, and how you make your decisions. And there was something very just poignant and real and transcendent about it that that didn't have anything to do with the Karate Kid or Cobra Kai. Yeah. Um, that was so special. And and Rob was just so of of those guys, you know, like Tony, you know, has his toe in, in acting and um, and Ron does too a little bit. And you know, Rob had, had largely kind of left it behind, you know, to any, you know, moved to West Virginia and he, and he lived, you know, a, a little bit of a quiet life. And, and this moment kind of 
really brought that kind of fire back to his eyes. And, and he was very honest about his, you know, his feelings and, and feeling alive again because of, you know, having the opportunity to, to flex his acting muscle and to, to have a scene like that. And, you know, and that was from the first time he read the script, he called us, we didn't know how he was going to feel. And we, yeah. we of, of the guys we, we told about what we were going to do. And, you know, it was like, and you're going to die. And it was like, Oh, so you're bringing me back to kill me. I'm never going to have anything to do. And we were like, please read the script and, and see. And he called us like an hour later after reading it. And, you know, it was very, you know, tearful and heartfelt. And he saw, and, and, and he was like, of course I'll do this. This is incredible and a gift. And the moment we found out that uh, he was, sick and he was in the hospital and you know it was about a, a week or so or a couple of weeks before he passed oh, and he was it was just shocking news all of a sudden this guy that we were emailing with and we, we had plans to perhaps bring back on the show in a in a post-life you know moment um was he was in a coma and none of us had an opportunity to really reach out to him personally and and have uh, another conversation or discussion and, and and we didn't really know at that moment that it was as dire. And, you know, there were, we were trying to figure out, can, you know, can we visit him? Can we talk to him? What's happening? Keeping tabs. And then like that, it yeah. was, it was shocking. Yeah. I just, I just want to add, you know, like Rob was one of uh, Billy Zapka's best friends, like in the whole world. Like these are guys who were in touch regularly this entire time, the last 30 some odd years. And it was a very special time as Josh described I'll never forget after shooting the, you know, infamous body bag scene, us all going out as a group for beers that night. And it was one of my favorite nights I've ever had in this industry where you're with those guys mm -hmm. and everyone is all telling stories. Uh, uh, Rob's telling stories from the set of Iron Eagle, which is great for yep. Cobra Kai fans. Yep. And there was just, there was so, it was such a special night and it was so special for that group of guys. And yeah, when, when we found out, um, what was happening uh it it hit all of us very hard billy was you know we were in production and we had like as josh said we actually had plans to bring him back later in the season and it was like whoa like and that and we were just like hey like you know hopefully he he gets better because we know how much he enjoyed working on this and was looking forward to potentially returning and then you know it happened and as you were saying now you watch the scenes and there's a whole added layer to it for all of us. It, it is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, I, we were ha is happy that he had this awesome last opportunity, yeah. um, you know, because you, you, you knew that he was a guy who wished that his career kept going, you know, and to, to be able to, to have that right before he passed, you know, is great, but it is like, it complicates that that scene it's it's just even another level to it because like what we loved about it was we played it for a tragedy so that if you don't really know that movie and you're watching it and and there's been numerous fans that you know have said oh that was just a really heart gut wrenching episode and 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 it ended in a really powerful emotional way and we wanted that to be that way oh but by the way if you know it it's the darkest twi most twisted joke of Ever. all time Ever. and. And so, like, to have those different levels we loved, and now there's this other sad, real-life sad level. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, things, you know, happen, and uh, we're just happy the other, that had that time. The other crazy thing is, you know, I don't, I don't, this is, I don't think this is a story out of school, but those guys, um, 
you know, Tony, Ron, Rob, and, and Billy had a had a friend pass um, not too long before we shot the scene of them mm. by the campfire as they're waking up and realizing that Tommy is uh, is dead. And th- there were real tears streaming down. I mean, it, Ron Thomas especially just went to a place where it was raw and, and Billy too and, and, and Tony. I mean, it was, we have footage that's like we are filming the, darkest drama on television but and it was so real um and you know thank god like you know uh thank god rob wasn't sick then you know and, and we weren't you know taking carrying that into it like no one you know he didn't know no one no one knew this was coming because i don't think we ever would have you know been able to 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 carry forth that storyline with you know with a straight face and an honest look but um but yeah, it was uh, what just a crazy twist of fate that um, that that's what we you know that reality dealt that blow. Yeah. All right, uh, and just uh, and to wrap things up, I just got to throw it real quick to uh, to both John and Hayden because the first time we we had met was back in 2012, and you guys were uh, were doing um, American uh, reunion and. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and that all came about because, again, because of Twitter. And at the time, you guys were the Harold and Kumar guys. And, and, and you and then you did you did that movie and you were getting a lot of shit at the time because you had mentioned something about Back to the Future and all that stuff. Back to the Future today. I bet you those same humps that were giving you the, the problem of saying if there is not a remake, because nobody wants to see a remake of Back to the Future. But if a new kid found the one of the DeLoreans and there was a way to do it. Why not? <laughs> let's, let's do it. Is there, is there, would you guys have a 10 foot pole now or no chance? I, I, I listen to, I, as a fan want that. Sh- I, I want that show or movie to happen yeah. in, in a similar way to Cobra Kai, if it could, um, you know, whether we do it or, or not, you know, I, I understand why, you know, Spielberg and Zemeckis and those guys don't want to do it. And I respect that. You know, I what what makes me nervous is I know Hollywood and they will at some point do something with it because it is one of those movies that's so it will be so dated in the year 20 in the 2040s and 2050s when, you know, 2015 isn't the future anymore. And it, it's just going to, you know, the, the blueprint for just taking advantage of it and uh, you know, it's just one of those things where it, it, it holds a special place with Karate Kid and Star Wars. I, I think that's why Karate, the Cobra Kai works is because we talk about how Generation X, like we were the first generation that had VHS and DVDs. So you could watch things over and over and over again and have these implanted into your brain in such a way. Um, and like like music and and records for people in the 50s and 60s like we yeah. have these movie scenes implanted in our heads and and also there was no disney at the at pixar like putting stuff out so kids like us watched rocky and and things with like adults in them yeah. and it's it's something that's just so important and you know you know i it's i i love the idea of it happening um, and would push. I could say if it's if yeah, it, I, I, if it's going to yeah. happen, we should be the guys to make it because yeah. we would approach it the exact same way we approached, you know, Cobra Kai, which is as fans, as super fans. I mean, Karate Kid and Back to the Future came out in '84 and '85. We 
those were two movies that imprinted themselves upon us. And, you know, we think about them, we talk about them, we've dissected them, we've seen them both more than any other movie ever. Mm-hmm. But and, but the difference is, you know, Zemeckis and those guys have kind of, you know, put a long pole and have said, you know, get back, everybody. Like, don't come for our Back to the Future. And we respect mm-hmm. that. We, we didn't yeah, encounter that. Exactly. With, with Karate Kid, we had the blessing of everybody alive um, who, you know, kind of gave us the, the open gate and open door of, like, come in as fans and, and let's see what, what you do with this. And we, we would never want to enter a project where there's pitchforks. Right. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, we want the pitchforks at the, at the yeah, closer no. to the starting line, you know, where this, the, uh, the one thing, I'll, the one thing I'll say is I'm sitting in a room with right behind me. Yeah, this whole time. The, exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it is a, is a painting that we commissioned from back to the future too, oh, wow. basically. So, I mean, that just shows, I mean, like this is hanging. I mean, I'm in our office. This yeah. is yeah. what's on the wall right behind where we sit and work every day. It, it's just one of those things where I, I look at these, you know, some reboots and, um, and you know continuations on other franchises, and sometimes it just feels like the you just see the machinations of of uh, how to you know make this a new thing for a new audience. And what I just want is part four. Yes, you know I I want to I want to keep the world world going, however that is, um, yeah. and and come at it from that standpoint. You know that's why I brought up the whole thing where in 2012 when everybody gave you shit about it because it was like oh they're the comedy guys what do they know about Back to the Future? But then you look at the same thing that kind of happened to Ryan Coogler when he pitched um, Creed to Stallone. Stallone's like no I'm not no thank you. And then he saw Fruitvale Station. And then he's like, well, wait a minute. Let me take a meeting with this guy. And then he heard. So that's why I'm hoping in my head that, you know, Zemeckis starts. He's he's bored at home. and He's like, what am I going to do? And he puts on Cobra Kai and he starts fighting Cobra. Wait a minute. Those are the guys that want to do back. To- All right. You know what? Let's take a meeting. And we'd love nothing more. That's we'd love nothing more than for them to be bored. And they accidentally watch Cobra Kai and they see something in it. I would love I would absolutely love that. I would love that. And I think that it, it should happen. Fingers crossed. All right, guys, as always, it's a pleasure having you on. Um, I cannot wait for the season. And as always, when it comes to cast, you gave me nothing. So uh, <laughs> thank you. We are uh, nothing if not consistent. No, you're very. Uh, you're welcome. No, but I'm glad. Thank you for taking the time here, uh, both Josh and Hayden and John. I really, really appreciate it. I can't wait to do it again once the once season three picks up. My my missing piece is Zapka. That's it. I've had everybody else. Uh, Zapka's my missing piece. So uh, maybe one day, maybe one maybe day that'll happen. Fingers we'll crossed. All right, guys. Thank you again, and look forward to season three. Thank Thanks, you. Christian.